Yeah. What's swinging nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. And today I have with me the inner health expert. Her name is Thania Vanderhaal. I, <laughs> I hope yeah. I said it right. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And you're in Amsterdam. Yes. Beautiful Amsterdam. I was there back in 1992. I really enjoyed myself there. And I would like to go back. Um, and before we hit the record button here, we, we were just talking and, you know, we had, we, we were talking about everything. First of all, I found out that, uh, you guys call it Corona virus and we call it COVID. And I know why that is. That's because Heineken is in Amsterdam and they have power and they want it exactly. called Corona so that their competitor, Corona Beer, is out. Annihilate that's all that beer. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's, that's, that's us. It was actually, it's a big conspiracy of Heineken. Just get away with the competition and it's just only Heineken Beer from now on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, why not, that's right? Brilliant. Yeah. World domination by Heineken. <laughs> I, I actually like Heineken beer, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Although a few times I've had uh, Heineken, it was a little skunked, but that's not their fault. I think <laughs> you can't say that live on record, Dave. <laughs> Come uh, on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so now, Tanya, we were actually having a conversation about COVID for real, and it was a serious conversation. And I said, hey, let's, let's get back on this topic with, you know, hitting record. And Basically, what we were talking about was uh, how people are reacting to COVID or Corona, and essentially that you know there's there's good and there's bad and everything that comes with it. And you hit right on a topic that really resonated with me, and I would like you to share this again. So we were talking about how um, people get into a certain state of mind that may not be very good for them in the long term or even the short term but um essentially i'll let you go ahead and describe what it is because this is pretty much the majority of people that are overreacting not overreacting i mean uh getting too hyped up over it and not staying calm yeah so like we were talking about how people are constantly being fed uh, information as in death rates and people being infected and vaccines and all of that um, stimulates this small part of your brain. I think it's called the amygdala and is will kind of have the sort of reaction to you that you go into the fight or flight mode. And when you're in that state, your body is just trying to survive and to cope with it. And you have all this um, just just you want to survive and it will actually reduce your ability to critical thinking. So people that are being overexposed to a stressful or fearful situation, they just want to get out. They put on, they do the blindfolds and they just go like end of the tunnel vision, just survive. So being overly exposed for like, it's been like what, a year almost? People, you can see a lot of changing in behaviors and people have become somewhat of so some people have become more zombies, just like going through the motions and other people really get so anxious, they've lost themselves. And other people that are more like freely, freely thinking, like everything's going to be fine. Suddenly you're a conspiracy theorist and people are actually 
you know, getting up uh, against each other right now. And that's for me, I mean, at least it's in my country. I'm not sure if it's everywhere around the world, but it's interesting to see as a mindfulness teacher. Yeah. And, you know, I think that um, like you're mentioning, you don't know if it's how it is around the whole world. And I, I don't know either. Um, I haven't really had an opportunity to travel. <laughs> no, but, that's no. <laughs> right. but um, I think in countries where people have to do something every day, like to, to literally survive, like, you know, third world countries and stuff like that, where it's it, it, everyday survival. I, I would almost tend to think that, yeah, Corona is a thing, but they still need to put food on a the table. They still need fresh water. They still need, you know, whatever it is they need. So they're going about their daily business, right? Yeah, for sure. They have to. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, between – it's really interesting to see that when we're overexposed in luxury, like for us, especially in Amsterdam, we are a well-doing country. And it's more, it's like, it's a luxury problem that we kind of have a mental battle going on right now because we don't actually have to go out and find something to eat what people in third world countries have. And that's, that's I cannot imagine how life, how tough it must be. But it's more like a mental thing that you can see globally in more, well, let's just call it evolved countries. Um, well, it's interesting to see that the battle is mostly within people. It's mentally and emotionally. And that's something I think if we have a breakthrough globally, it can actually change the world. And this is hippie talk. It's this little bit hippie talk. It's a lot of people are being, are being like, what? Stop talking about stuff like this, like hippie, all one love, united things. But it's actually everything that you personally go through and you conquer in yourself is something that I think that you're healing a small part of the world. And I know this is going to sound very optimistic, but in so many ways it can be and we're all bound together by the same uh pandemic so it's i think it kind of bonds us as well yeah i agree with that and, and you know one of the things that people say is i i have no control and th this i think this is healthy you know like regular people will say i have no control over what they do what politicians do what what happens i i can only control me and my little sphere of influence in, in my little world and they'll even say like um there's like a little bit of a movement for men to to be men you know yeah and that, that that's a legit thing and what you know what they say is like you know be a man at home for your family be there for your family influence lead um, your family and, and by proxy, you're going to also do this for the people in your community, whoever you come in contact with your little sphere of influence. But, you know, we talk about six degrees of separation and you figure, um, a person has that six degrees of separation. So, you know, whatever it is, if you're, if you really fantasize it, but legitimize it at the same time, you could do right every day and possibly that will influence a politician that you don't even know somehow sure. some way you don't know because you affected other people with with butterfly thing. yeah and that's the funny thing that you mentioned the word control because i think what is control and does it actually really exist and what can we control because to me how i perceive things is that 
there is no control whatsoever. We can try to understand things. Um, and the only kind of small circle of kind of control that we have is ourselves. And then even that, we don't control that. I mean, I have, even me as a mindful teacher, do I control all my thoughts and feelings and things I do? No, I can control my bladder. I can do that. Up <laughs> but to I'm a not point. Up to a point, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, if, yeah, even with that, like what is real control? And I think it's more important to understand that when people are searching for that sense of control, it's actually a sort of safety and if you go deeper, what is it that you're longing for? Is it safety is usually comfort or harmony or something of a balance that you search within yourself. And control is more like grasping to survive in a certain situation, which you can also bring back that if you are, it's not about control. It's the same with meditation. It's not about controlling your thoughts or having no thoughts. It's about awareness, loving awareness. And that's like the real, then you don't need the sense of control because everything is as good as it is. That's, yeah, that's a great way to put it. I like that. That's, that resonates with me. So, Thania, tell, tell us a little bit more about what, what you, you just mentioned what you did, but briefly go over that again, what you do and um, where did you learn some of your stuff from and what do you hope to achieve as you're setting out? I know you're starting a brand new business and it's coming out soon. So we want to hear about that. So give us the rundown. So I am a mindfulness teacher. I studied psychology. And ever since I can imagine having a future, at first I wanted to be a veterinarian. I have, to, have been doing, wanted to be that for, I think, up to I was 15. Then I realized I was only going to see sick animals and I don't have the heart or the stomach for that. But I've always been very interested in... What makes people happy? Like, why are you happy? What's, and what is love to people? And I've really, going through life, watched people see different things. I've saw my parents struggle with each other. And I kind of just realized that self-love is the way to go. And really bringing something like self-love into your life is like what has been the best gift towards me. And life-changing, really life-changing. And then I realized this is what I want to share with the world. So I started doing mindfulness. I actually, I started meditating when I was 15, became a vegetarian and started thinking about life in general, doing yoga and all. But um, yeah, two years ago, I started my company as Inner Health Expert, which is basically teaching people uh, everything about mindfulness, meditation, things in between. And now I'm partnering up with my best friend. She's a yoga teacher. And a couple of weeks we're launching our health center, which it's called House of Inner Health. But we're gonna base that upon just, it's women's only for now. And we're gonna explore and guide women to embrace their sensuality to mindfulness and yoga. Wow, that's, is it, what about Steel Mace? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta have Steel Actually, Mace in there. Even, obviously, yeah. Actually, it's located in a gym. That's a funny thing. Um, yeah, for sure. Like in the future, like I told you before, like we're going to do podcasts and stuff as well. So you're welcome to join because what we're doing is about um, embracing the inner goddess that resides in all of us women. But for me, it's like the male equivalent would be like the inner warrior for a guy. And actually, there's there's a lot of thoughts going on. Like I want to talk to you for sure. And 
uh, Andrew Sleepy Monkey Man is totally gonna be on the club podcast. I'm gonna trick Harvard into it as well. <laughs> he doesn't know it yet, but now he will. <laughs> Why? He doesn't want to do it? I haven't talked to him about it yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> he was on my podcast. I don't see what you have to. Sure. Hey, you're gonna go on Fred's podcast, but you're not gonna go on mine, and we're friends. You right? live five minutes away from him. I'll stalk him. <laughs> How do you know him? Um, well, I used to work as a restaurant manager and he was working for me. <laughs> well, not for me, but for the company we hired him. Yeah. yeah. So especially for a short moment, I got to be his boss. <laughs> and he's the one that got you your steel mace, right? Uh, or somebody yeah. else did? I still have it. I'm supposed to bring it back, but <laughs> I have uh, it still. Sounds like you're going to keep it. <laughs> yeah. It's been like, I think at least nine months now that I have it, but uh, it's still standing here. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you use it regularly. Uh, honestly, no, no. Okay. But I look at it as a reminder because I the things that uh, Steel Maze really taught me, I've already learned, and it's a good reminder. Um, I got to during the lockdown last year. I've got to experience some of the Steel Maze um, through Harvard's uh, Zoom lessons, lessons, and actually Andrew Sleepy Monkey Man. Big love. I was, <laughs> he taught me a lot of stuff too. And yeah, it was it was really much of a, I think more of an emotional experience because for me, like I've, I've wanted to embrace the complete idea of uh, divine femininity. And I think for a long while, I always thought if you want to be feminine, you have to be more girly, long hair, red lips, but I think the difference between being a girl and a woman is embracing like your masculine side in some ways or forms. Any other way it goes around for men. If a man is more in touch with his feelings, that's to me, that's a man and that difference from a boy. It's like the yin and yang, you have to embrace the whole package. You can't just be, um, you're, you're a girl if you're like, oh my God, I don't know how to fix a tire, but you're a badass woman if you can do it yourself. And that's something that the maze kind of, um, let me experience because I felt all sorts of things. I do yoga and mindfulness, but I felt anger and I felt it's like Carl Jung talks about archetypes, and I think that just holding it, it made me feel powerful, but it scared me. It scared me so much. I was felt all this power and this, these possibilities but also anger and, and I, I was shocked by it. I was like this is not me what's going on I'm loving nature and I'm a hippie so I thought this is not me but I kind of I mean I let myself feel it and this amazing thing happened for to me because I think it really allowed me to embrace my inner warrior like Sina kind of inner warrior thing and it's really helped me to grow into the woman that I am now. And it really took me from girl to woman in many ways, because I really think that I've become stronger just to experience all of these feelings of power and strength and really being strong as an individual. To so sum that, that up. Th that's interesting because um, I think it sounds to me like you were experiencing anger but that was actually your way of understanding the the feeling of power at first. Like it was like your first like knee-jerk reaction, not knowing yeah. what to do with power. I think it was more about um, 
I felt because I took back control of myself and I've let me be really in control. Here we go with the word again. But what does it really mean to you to be strong and really be an individual that's powerful and you're, you're complete? By doing that, you first have to solve some issues in your side of yourself because you, if you want to be strong and independent, you have to let go of some ways of thinking. So to be strong as a warrior, I kind of just, I cannot be a victim in a lot of ways. So the anger I felt was also by taking back control, I felt how much I didn't have it before or where I lacked it in my past or something like that. I felt things that I used to experience as a child that I was out of, that things were not in my control. And all of that emotion, what first was hurt, kind of just stored into this anger and I can kind of transmute it into something that brings me power and gave me back control of myself and therefore my life. And that made me a strong woman. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I've always noticed women who are in positions of power have a certain air about them. They act a certain way. Um, yeah. And, and then like, you know, like maybe maybe politics is a little bit too far out for me to really appreciate just because they don't seem like real people to me um i don't know but but what's that they're just puppets <laughs> right right yeah they're puppets on strings that's it i don't believe i don't believe you um so, no, like you know like something a little bit closer to like you know maybe a um a woman who runs a business and it's like a big you know thriving business um, like the gym I go to, um, a woman owns it and it's like a hardcore strong man, power lifting, bodybuilding gym, you know, and you know, she hits the floor and she's doing deadlifts and stuff. And then she's running the, the show and there's all these knucklehead guys in there, you know, they break stuff all the time. They're like, blah, blah. you know, like they don't get it. And she has to like write notes all the time and she's pissed off and, <laughs> but but she yeah. she's running it like a top and you're like dude that person right there is unique because not everybody can do that you know um yeah. and and i find like so i'm glad you pointed out that you know you said the feminine side um it it, it would be the equivalent to a, a man being a warrior right yeah, like the, the, the ultimate divine woman was like a goddess embracing the femininity. And that's how I perceive things as a goddess-like woman. And the guy equivalent would be like this warrior. Yeah, that, that's really cool that you have that mindset. I think that will take a person such as yourself or anybody that grabs onto that. You're, you're thinking bigger than yourself. You're not limiting your you're not limiting your thoughts to like, well, I'm just I'm just a girl. Just a girl. You know, I can't do that. It's too heavy, or this is or that's too aggressive. No, you're like your mindset is bigger. And I don't think that that's grandiose at all. I mean, we only have one life to live, and you're you're talking about empowering yourself and you're finding ways to do it. So, so through your practice, through your inner health expert practice, when people come to you, um, are they going through these processes with you? Are you guiding them and, and steering them to find their own way to empower themselves? Yeah, for sure. It's more about, 
it's not actually me guiding. Well, I don't really perceive myself as guiding. I'm just, I'm just holding up a mirror. And sometimes I can just, it's not me. It's really the other person because I don't give you answers. Or maybe if you ask me to, but it's really sometimes you have to like talk to a person or just sit down with some somebody and the experience will happen uh, yourself. And of course I give workshops and I tell people uh, stories or tell people stuff about psychology. But I think mindfulness is really about loving awareness. Everything is fine. I'm not going to tell you to change something, but if you have a problem with something or you want to set a certain goal or you want to break a habit, I'm just going to let you focus on being aware of that and what resides behind it. And everything that's going on is about awareness. Because what you, you cannot change the things that you're not aware of. And you cannot change something that you don't first accept into your current reality. So if people say, I don't have a problem, you're not going to be able to fix that problem. So mindfulness is the in-between of being aware of everything that's going on inside of you and around you for that matter. Wow. So sometimes personal trainers run into a little position with their clients where they're trying to get their client to hit the next level, move forward, or, you know, just whatever it is. And, and yeah. they don't really have the capacity to say it to them without sounding like a dick sometimes, <laughs> you know, like I, I, cause personal trainers are like, okay, we're, you know, you're, you're here to work. Okay. We're going to work. Oh, you're not, you don't want to work. Well, what's the problem? You know? So like harsh, you know, what's some yeah. tips, what's some tips that you have for non-psychologist personal trainers who just want to help their clients and they legitimately want to do it, but you know, they don't, they don't have the tact or they don't have the the verbiage, you know, they don't have the ability to express and like hold that mirror up like you, like you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So there's two sides to this. First of all, I would always say that if you are a coach or a personal trainer, I already think that you have the, at least the ability somewhere inside of you to think about the other person and be like an empath and things. So I think it's more about trusting your own instincts and getting to know yourself more because the more you get to know yourself, the more you can recognize in another person. So sometimes when people block and not being very harsh to another person, if you turn it around, it's like, are you treating yourself with the same harshness? And in what ways can you be more kind and compassionate towards yourself and therefore towards the other person? So it's everything that you do and interaction and any form of relationship, whether it be with a personal trainer or your relationship or your brother or sister, it's what you bring to the table that will determine the outcome of that relationship. So self-work and being aware, be mindful. Who are you? What do you feel? And why do you have a strong reaction to something that tells you something about yourself? So basically, for everyone out there, just uh, be aware of yourself. Get to know you. Give, give yourself the gift of getting to know yourself and therefore be better in communicating with others. Learn to communicate with yourself. Yeah, so before you say anything, go somewhere, wait, go somewhere or wait till the next time to talk to them or before you, you go in the house to greet your family or whatever, slow down and have a little conversation in your head with yourself. And How do you want to be with that person? Exactly. And, exactly. And, 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 and pay attention to how you're talking to yourself. Like, how, how do I want to sound to me? If 
you know, I want to correct this or I want to help my client. So that's, that's really good. So you don't need to have like a knee jerk reaction for everything. This is stuff where you're building a relationship with people. So slow it down, compute it, process it and, and prepare, prepare yourself to speak in a way that they, that they won't be offended or they won't be put on a defensive guard. And then once, you know, once somebody becomes defensive, forget it, you lost you lost yeah. all communication, right? Isn't that true? Exactly. If you go in full face pump, boom, like this, people will automatically react like this. Maybe there will, will be a person that is different, but it's just, it's. I think it's almost physics. When you push something else, will pull backwards. But if you just slowly find a common ground, and you, that's, that's so much more, um, that you can grow it into something so much more beautiful. And... Therefore, you can create something bigger than you. Like you can control yourself, and by controlling that, you're so much more honest, and you have like an open way of communicating with someone else. And that person will feel the need to actually build that bridges that you're trying to build as well. Wow. Now, when people come to you, yeah. are they coming to you in a what's where are they on the spectrum of like are they are these people like really lost? Are they um, in stressed out mode? Like what's the common way they come into you initially? It, it's really different. Um, usually like for the past year, I've been doing mostly workshops where I work with women, group of women, like around 10. Well, COVID kind of messed that up too. So it's smaller or one-on-one coaching, but usually I teach, I, I find women that are longing for more, um, self-love, like a way of accepting themselves. Um, a lot of people, a lot of women are stressed and they want to be, um, they think they want to like switch their jobs or something, but actually what everybody needs is just a breather and to get in touch with themselves more. A lot of people are, we're in this fast-paced society that there's no time for ourselves and even doing something like self-love or gratitude feels like it's something that we cannot actually do. Like 10 minutes meditation for people that don't even meditate at all sounds like it's such a big chore to do. Like how do I build in the time in my busy schedule to do that 10 minutes every day as a meditation? But most of the time, like the hours spent on phones or social media, just it's say. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I always tell, tell people, one, do one minute, because that's one minute more now than it was yesterday that you did. Just start slow, one minute, and then it will be like something that you can build up. But just show up for yourself. And you do guided meditation, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I did that before, and that works, because I am like very yeah like you're saying one minute <laughs> one time i sat on my couch for one minute to do a minute <laughs> of meditation and it was like it felt like an hour i was like all right i didn't get anywhere i didn't get anywhere in one minute i know i probably did i should have stuck with it but I, there's a place down the street from me and i paid and i went in and this nice woman and i i fell asleep I fell asleep. She says, no, that's all right. I, I was like, I feel bad. I think, yeah. I, sh- I think I should have been awake for the, she goes, no, 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 that's, that's all right. You needed a nap. What are you going to do? But um, it works. <laughs> and I went a couple of times where I got to go back. And, you know, I want to tell you a quick little story. Um, what I noticed with, with my wife, because um, she's a teacher and we have a kid and, 
and you know she's got her parents and they're getting older and everything and she's pretty stressed out lately and and she, but we've had some more free time again because my daughter's getting older now so she goes and plays with her friends and my wife's been sitting on the couch watching cobra kai the uh, the series with uh, ralph <laughs> macchio the karate kid series and when she's watching that, she's smiling and she's laughing. And then her mood is completely different. She's in much better mood. And while you were describing the self-love process, you know, I pictured that with her. Like she's now doing something for herself. Thank exactly. God. Thank God. And it's not selfish. You have to do it, right? What happens and if when, you the things, be selfish? People always think that selfish is something that is bad, but it's like you only have you to put out in the world. So if you don't take care of yourself, that's like that's the only thing that you can do. And people tend to feel bad about setting boundaries or just saying, listen, I'm just going to do some me time right now because it feels and we always have to bring something to the table. We've been men have to provide for their family. Women, we have to nurture something or uh, feed a kid. And nowadays we are emancipated. Is that the word emancipated? But now we have to work and do everything. And it's almost like this guilt trip. If you say, no, I'm just going to spend right. some time on my own. And people are like, yeah, but why don't you want to be with me? And all? it's like, no, quality time is something that is so much needed. You cannot, you have to recharge your battery. Because what else you're going to bring the day after? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And as far as recharging batteries are concerned, you know, everybody has to go about it their way, right? Because yeah. um, you have extroverts, you have introverts, and they they expend energy differently from each other, and they and then they get their energy back a different way. Can, can you get into that a little bit? Is that an area where you can yeah. touch on? Yeah, so this is a this this is a, a topic in psychology that is um, not everybody agrees on. Um, it's basically it says that if you're an introvert, you recharge your battery on your own, um, not socially interacting with people, and extroverted people get energy by doing stuff with other people. Now you also have this term called ambivert, which is somewhere in between of those. Um, people sometimes say I'm an introverted extrovert or I'm an extroverted introvert. I think whatever whatever floats your boat. You know, there if you, you feel like you want to identify with a certain type of personality or like you have those 16 type personality things, if you feel that you, you're described correctly like that, that's fine. But how I perceive is that we are all people and at some point we need to recharge by ourselves. You can get energy from things like I'm a Leo, so... Allegedly, I'm all about fun and adventure and going out. And I love that. But I am so happy spending time on my own. And I think people forget how it is to actually be alone. Because a lot of people, they don't know. Like for you, for example, you sit down for one minute in your meditation and maybe that feels like an hour. Because we forget how it is to just be. That's it. Just be with you. And introverted extroverted we all need to do it in some uh, shape way or form and extroverted people they tend to maybe seek some um something with other people outside of themselves so you kind of uh run away from yourself in some shape way or form but also people that are introverted and read books they're not still doing the me time that they probably should be doing as well so 
It's just tactics. Yeah, tactics. That's a good point. I, you know, I used to, I used to think that I was an introvert when I was younger, and then I, and then, and and then, and then I, I think I still am one because I used to think I was one, so it stuck with me. But then it was like, no, man, you're more like an extrovert. But I, I realized, like, I don't know what I am. But what I do know is, when I was younger, I didn't have the same amount of confidence that I have now. I have. I have so much confidence now I could go up to anybody and, and talk to them and, and I, I get a thrill out of it. Maybe that makes me an extrovert, but I know it comes from being sure of myself to a, to yeah, a but that's confidence. Yeah. You bring something that's actually a beautiful vibe. And it's like by, by being good to yourself and being confident and you put it out there that's actually builds up even more confidence and that's something that's right. like a you shine your light into the world and extroverted people they just they are a little extra sometimes i can be like dude I, I dance i go to people and i chat with everybody is that extroverted for sure but it's also really about confidence needless to say that introverted people can be quite confident themselves as well yeah. it's just they have a different way of acting um, and they probably feel tired after being at a party. Right. Whereas extra people, they just drive. Yeah. yeah. That's that, and that, see, that's what I've, that's how I feel. Like if I go out to a large social gathering, like after a few hours, I'm like, all right, I'm good. And, but I, I'm the guy that goes camping or I used to, I haven't gone in a while, but I used to go camping by myself and people would be like, how do you do that? What you just sit there. And I'm like, yeah, I sit in front of a campfire and then I go to sleep and I wake up and I go mountain biking and yeah, I'll spend a whole weekend by myself. I have no problem with it. And I, I feel like sometimes people are afraid to be alone with their thoughts and that's why they have such a... Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's the thing that people, what I think everybody, I always say, give yourself the gift of getting to know yourself. And that's scary. Honestly, yes. God, like... They, Going now, I'm a very, I'm happy and I love myself, but going from the no, no, not loving yourself place to this, the really loving myself thing has been such a journey. And I'm, I'm 28 years old right now and thank goodness I'm here. But for the majority of us, I don't think people can genuinely look themselves in the eyes and say, I love you, but you have to do it with you. It's so scary. It's, it's, you have to embrace everything that resides in you, the darkness, the pain, the guilt, the anger, everything that you have been repressing because you don't want to see it to society because it's not sometimes adding to something to other people or to society. You suppress and suppress and suppress and you go into this mode of taking care of your family or doing things that are expected of you. And along the way, we kind of forget how to communicate healthily with ourselves and to check in regularly. And so mindfulness and actually exercise and still amazing that's you you do it for you you show up for you and that's the greatest gift you can give yourself it's like ultimate self-love dedication towards you building your stronger body for you yeah excellent i like that and and i remember when i started using the steel mace and maybe you know you you have a similar story most people do. Um, when they start using it, they're like, what am I doing? And you start to realize your movement is not squared away. You, you, you start to find weaknesses. You know, I was used to training with weights, 
doing the same thing almost all over the time, you know, squats, deadlifts, bench press. And it was kind of good at it, you know? Um, so like you feel powerful, like, Oh, I am, I, I know what I'm doing. Put a 10 pound steel mace in your hands and you can't even like do half the stuff. And you're like, Oh, okay. Now some people get, unnerved by that and then they don't want to do it because now they have to learn something and they feel maybe they feel self self-conscious because everybody's looking at the, they think everybody's looking at them going hey look that guy over there or that girl they don't know what they're doing but if you could get past all that and embrace it you start this steel mace practice it doesn't yeah. have to be steel mace it could be yoga too because yoga is very humbling right people yoga go into yoga yeah yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you, you, you can't do half this stuff. And there's people next to you that are like killing it. And you're like, oh, man, I used to be killing it back when with the stuff I was doing, but I'm, I'm a beginner again. But that's, that's really what you're talking about, where you're embracing things. And you're like, all right, I'm not good at this, but I'm going to try. I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to work at it. And through that comes the confidence build and Plus, you make new friends. Right? Plus, you make new friends. And it's about, this is really the thing that it's about the journey. Like, yes. life begins and doesn't suddenly end. It's like life happens during life. And it's the same thing uh, doing a new practice as steel maze or yoga. It's it's really something that is also according to say, it's, oh, it's about the journey, not the destination. But it really is. Right. It's like you can't take a quick pill and then everything is fixed. You won't learn something from it. It's the journey that will ex actually the great experience itself. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, that's a great thing to teach people because I think people get stuck on fixated on that goal. And <laughs> yeah, he's my Zoom buddy. This is, this is ever since lockdown. <laughs> it is everywhere. <laughs> Good to have a, a cat in the house. My cat is passed out over there. Doesn't, yeah, care. Um, doesn't care about me. Only cares care. about my wife and my daughter. <laughs> doesn't yeah. care. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, like I was saying, you know, the journey is is what it's all about. And, and because the, sometimes people get to their goals and it's not quite what they were attempting to get to anyway. It's very, you know, you have your ideal goal and then the, re the real goal is what happens. But then a lot of people get there and they're kind of like, oh. That's it. Or, you know, they realize, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now what? Now what? <laughs> right? What am I going to do now? Got to go to the next yeah. goal. You got to go to the next goal. So instead of always being so like, I know you got to be oriented to achieve tasks and get to certain goals. That's, that's a good, but being able to embrace the journey is a way to enjoy your life without getting stressed out over where that journey is taking you. Um, yeah. and I, you know, like you're starting this business, your new endeavor that you're collaborating with somebody, this is going to open up so many different doors that you never would have expected. You know it. And, yeah. and this is what energizes you, right? Like, because you're like, yeah, sure. you're, yeah, you're like, I can't wait to see what happens. Now, everybody knows that running a business is not easy. So there's going to be problems along the way, but okay i'll handle the problems when they come but meanwhile i'm pumped because i can't wait to see about all the cool stuff that happens all the cool people i meet new friends new relationships 
there's so much opportunity. You're creating more opportunity by taking this this move, and and anybody could do this at any time in their life. Yeah, it's like if when you energy is only helpful towards you um, if you have direct energy. Any energy can be anywhere, but creation happens when you direct your energy. And then it will be like a domino effect because one thing leads to another and my mind gets blown sometimes about how fast things will happen. I mean, we're half, halfway through January and I'm like, oh my goodness, so much things have already happened. So many things, opportunities, life lessons just this year. It's like at one point it was on 7th of January. It's like, oh my goodness, what a week. <laughs> what a week. It's crazy. And that's just when you direct energy and you have a focus and maybe, I don't know, planetary positions or whatever, something that's in, it's having some, some kind of effect or whatever. But my God, I think that's the thing. Also, also with uh, workouts, focus. If you direct something towards, if you're just standing in a gym, you don't know what you're doing. Like you're, you know, you're waiting some, you're lifting some weights and stuff. You don't know what you're doing. I don't think that's going to be very productive for you. But if you really focus on a specific area of muscles or something, you focus and you direct that energy, that's going to be so much more helpful for you. And that's with everything in life. Directed energy brings results. So what are some ways a person can learn to direct their energy more efficiently and cut out those distractions and stuff like that? First of all, bring stillness. Because if you are... um, not directing your energy, that means you probably have a very cloudy mind because your mind goes anywhere. So in order for it to become still, so first of all, you have everything going on. And in order for it to direct, you kind of have to close it in and it's still. Clear your mind, meditate. Just see what's up. Like, where is your mind taking you? Is your mind taking you to the groceries? Is your mind doing, um, are you thinking about tomorrow or yesterday in this conversation? Don't judge, just observe, do meditation and see what's up there. Because then you will also understand where your mind naturally tends to go to. And then you just do that and write down your goal. I always set an intention for the day, usually one word or something or something that I want to focus on. I have a lot of strategies that works for me, but every time I feel when I wake up, I send my gratitude for myself, like three things I'm grateful for. And I set one intention of the day. What do I want to achieve? Is it focus? Is it self-love? Is it nurturing? Is it rest? Is it balance, harmony? Something that I kind of want to focus on. And it really helps setting that in the beginning of the day because you will feel some sort of pull back towards the promise of yourself. But in order to have like directed energy, first you have to observe what's out there. And by meditating, you bring stillness and then you can choose what do I want to focus on? I like how, yeah, I like how you said that you'll wake up, you'll do you'll 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 have three things to be grateful for, and yeah. then you'll direct your focus. And the words that you chose for your focus was interesting because I thought we were gonna say like, okay direct my energy toward uh, getting my work done, reading this book or whatever. But no, you were talking about higher level things that involve keeping you aligned. Yeah. It's not, that's the thing. That's the thing that we have to do this for ourselves because 
obviously we have to go to work and get through the day, but I really make a conscious decision. Like how do I, wanna, what, what do I want to do today? How do I feel? I check in with myself. And this is actually most of the time depends on sometimes if a cat sits on my face to wake me up or something. But before I wake up, I just, I, I try to close, uh, keep my eyes closed and name three things that I naturally feel grateful for, which can sometimes be for days on the same thing just to, the fact that I'm waking up in my own bed, but maybe the dreams or something, I, it goes intuitively. And by starting your day with gratitude, then I feel calm, I feel at peace, and then I can really listen to myself like, okay, what do I want today? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to feel? I will naturally feel like maybe today I didn't get enough sleep, and so today is going to be about rest or nurturing, or maybe I feel lots of energy, and I'm like, okay, today I'm going to, focus or do some alignment with my soul or maybe today is just gonna be about self-love or love or friendship something i want to focus on and that's bigger than than just me because that's something i want to how do i put myself out there in the world you know yeah this this is excellent because you know yes people do have to go to their jobs they have to work they have to, they have stuff going on in their lives it's really stressful um, maybe there's somebody ill in their family. Yes. And those are going to be things that you have to focus on. But before you get there, you're setting yourself up to, yeah. to, be, to be more successful by, by saying, well, maybe today, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, a, little, feeling a little depressed today. Maybe I'm going to focus on being happy today. You're exactly. still going to go do those things. You still have to show up for work, but how do you show up? Yes. And that's a position every day. Like even it's, you know, the brain works in a certain way. You can rewire your brain and emotions are a tool to get things done. Sometimes it's not just the brain or the heart, but uh, self-love is a language that you can learn. You can't speak French if you just like maybe read a couple of sentences and think you can speak the language, but doing it every day for a certain amount of time and studying it, you know, in the end will speak the language. Same thing is with self-love. Learning the language of self-love takes dedication and a conscious decisions, conscious decision every day. Yeah, that's great. And and for all you tough guys out there, <laughs> tough guys, it's not you don't have to call it self-love. You could call it taking care of yourself. All right, that's like self-care. Self-care. Yeah, if it makes you feel better. But in in reality, like you know. Do you love, do you love the people around you? Do you love your dog? Do you love your, your kids? Do you love your family, your wife? Do you love your friends? Well, you could love you too. And the more you love yourself, the more you're going to be able to love others. And, and the more others are going to be able to love you. You know, you, you want, you want your mate to love you. So love yourself, love them. And then a whole lot of love goes on. <laughs> so much love, so much, uh, so much uh, love sharing in the world. But that's the thing. That's it's for me as a woman. It's easier to talk about love because it's naturally. This is also the thing that I find funny. Uh, God, what we talked about in the beginning about what is masculinity and what is femininity. For me, it's just embracing both sides. Like define feminine and define masculine is not necessarily gender based. So right. when you have in terms of um, energy or um, like masculine energy would be from point A to B directly. And feminine energy would be like taking a scenic route to take from A to B. That's just energy. And it's not necessarily 
uh, gender based because in us we like creative uh, art uh, like male can be very creative and that's allegedly feminine energy but it's not as the gender role that we kind of see it um, that we kind of look at it look at it with so using a steel mace at the beginning I thought this is very masculine and I mean I consider myself like I, I, I'm I'm a strong woman now but really the mace really helped me to experience that I'm actually becoming more of a woman by embracing that masculine part of myself. I get things done. I am strong. I am confident. And therefore, for me, more of a woman than I was before. And I think the same way can go for guys. Like, I can speak from experience that, to me, a guy is attractive. Not when he's like, oh, yeah, me, Tarzan, you, Jane, I'm strong. No, but if a guy can be... Uh, can show up and talk to me about his feelings like this is really tough for me and this is something that really moves me then I'm like you are so strong by embracing all of that resides in you and that's actual that's attractive and that's me is that's beautiful yeah and, and I, mean, I can understand that because when a woman embraces her masculinity I find that attractive I, I I'm like that woman is doing some badass thing right there or whatever but they look like a woman they move like a woman they you know they're a woman they're a woman but they're doing this and it's totally <laughs> right and 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 you know martial arts is considered feminine and yeah, yeah sure and steel mace depending on how you use the steel mace it may be like more like a martial art like steel mace flow is more like yoga or martial arts but sure. you could also grab like a heavy steel mace and do like one movement type things like heavy or you know okay. and it's yeah. not as it's not a martial art looking thing it looks like you're doing an exercise so maybe that's more masculine right i think it can kind of just um there is this i forgot the name but there's this tibetan story about the ocean and it's about there's this vast ocean of consciousness. It resembles the human consciousness. And the ocean sometimes can be fast and just plain. And sometimes there's waves. And waves are sometimes very high. And sometimes they go back into the water, like the ocean itself. And that's the same thing with human consciousness. It's never disconnected from the actual ocean itself. That we're all part of it. And we go through lives and we're all connected. And this is something that Carl Jung talked about when he talked about archetypes. So throughout the, the, the theory is that throughout the world, when a, when a woman becomes a mother, then you have the archetype mother. Somehow, somewhere in your body, you kind of feel the nurturing feelings that the mother is supposed to have, or a father for that matter. But the funny thing with, that I experienced with the maze is that suddenly I felt the warrior archetype. That came out of nowhere, because... I'm not a warrior, but I could feel that energy. And therefore, it kind of felt more connected. That, that just this simple tool that was in my hand, inside my living room, out of nowhere, kind of rude, interrupting my, my normal yogi life. <laughs> and then, poof, out of nowhere, just by holding that, I could feel so much more connected with consciousness of other people. And that is just beautiful. And so can you imagine that other people have that same reaction towards as well? And that's mind blowing to me. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing that I was noticing prior to me starting the steel Station podcast. If I met somebody 
that used the steel mace, the conversation was different right off the bat. And I always kind of made a joke, like everybody know, like I know the secret and you know the secret. So let's get past all the BS and let's, you know, it, but it is, it's kind of like you tapped into a little secret there that other people have yet to discover. Um, and when people start using the mace, they start getting it and they're like, oh, oh, all right. And you start, like you said, you start feeling different. You start noticing things in your mind are changing. So yeah, when you run into somebody that uses a steel mace, it's like, oh, <laughs> we're going to have a good conversation because you get certain things that I get. That's yeah. really interesting. And a lot of people describe the warrior architect archetype now could you expand on that a little bit what that definition of the warrior archetype is so the warrior archetype could be like what you kind of perceive as the ultimate fighting and taking care of the country kind of person it's very masculine usually um it's it you know people identify a little bit differently throughout the world it could be a viking uh, Vikings were like really strong dudes that could, I don't know, move mountains with just bare hands. It's like the ultimate warrior. There's like, there's this show called Vikings. And when I look at that, yeah, you guys are warriors. But it could also be um, on the battlefields when it was like the Middle Ages or something like that. Like when they're horses, that's a warrior. But it's more about the feeling of a warrior has to, is very... Warrior is similar to a hero. You want to protect something and you bring out the best version of yourself and you are fearless and you are strong. And that is like the, the feeling that people talk about when they have the warrior. Now, there is the female equivalent to it as well, which I kind of just suddenly realized in myself. I always thought, oh, warriors are masculine, but we are warriors too. And in some ways, um, this is like the, the most... Um, extreme form that we can have, like being on the battlefields. But life is also a battlefield in many, many forms, even if it's just like emotional battles or things just from day to day on. And there inside of us is a sleeping warrior, just choosing for yourself and doing something for you and never giving up, having that fearlessness of going on the battles from day to day and just doing what it's needed to be done for you or for the people that you love, that's that's a warrior too. And the maze can amplify that feeling because you're holding it. You're holding a weapon you, you can allegedly murder someone with. It's not your intention, hopefully, please don't. But it's it's like an extension. It amplifies something that resides in you. And that's, I think, a beautiful thing to be aware of, that you will see parts of yourself that you've never thought they were there. That's what I had. I was like, what? Me? A warrior? I'm all about hugging and I'm doing yoga and stretching and it's, you know, and then suddenly I felt this warrior thing. And I think after that, I can never forget that powerful feeling that that's apparently inside of me that made me so much more confident. And I would love for people all around the world, just be like me. I, 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 I met Harvard he talked about the steel maze and I talked to Andrew and I saw him swinging the maze and I was, like, yeah, this is a dude thing. I was like, this is not me. And I, they said, you should try. And I'm like, nah. And then Harvard, he was like, here, you have a mace. Do it. It's locked down anyway. Try it. I was like, fine. Fine, I will do it. It's not going to be for something for me. Little did I know how much I love that feeling. So if I could do it, 
a 28-year-old yoga woman from Amsterdam that never really saw herself as a warrior queen. Everywhere around the world, like women, girls, boys, guys, please pick it up just for once in your life and you will feel something that's going to stay with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, good advice. <laughs> Everybody yeah. should listen to you, I hope. Yeah, the, yeah um, say again. I should be a dictator about these things. Just do it, pick it up, <laughs> and we'll do better. <laughs> I don't think you're sending out a dictator vibe at all. You're, you know, you're, yeah. you're a pretty squared away individual. People should, you know, take your advice. Um, exercise <laughs> in general, just do something. But yeah, go, going back to the warrior thing, um, some of the greatest warriors that are known throughout history who have written stuff and everything, the one thing about them is that they recognize the dichotomy in life and they were such good warriors or great warriors because they also, they had a balance and they understood. And it's, and it seems that the, um, that the thought was, or continues to be um, that you can't, you can't understand love. You can't understand peace unless you understand war or warrior, you know, it's dichotomy. It's like you can't understand happy unless you also understand sad. You can't. Yeah. They exist together. It's, it's like you said, yin-yang, right? Exactly. There is no day if there wasn't a night. It's about balance. The one thing exists because of the other. That's the law of duality. Yeah. And, and you know, I see a lot of people, you know, they'll mention it on, um, on social media. Maybe they're going through a tough time in their life, you know. And they'll yeah. say, you know, I have to, I have to be strong like a warrior or whatever. They're identifying with that archetype, and and it's helping them. Oh, but yeah. at some point in their life, it's going to change, right? They're going to maybe they'll hold on to that. Maybe that's a new thing for them. But they're also going to focus when their the life changes. They're going to focus on the other ones, like the hero or whatever, right? And the hero and the warrior are two different archetypes, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah, it's similar, the, but it's different. It, in what way are they different? Hero, the hero is more of a savior. So it's uh, they put themselves on the on the middle, like, I'm going to save you. And that's can be a beautiful thing. And warriors are more something that is for themselves because they fight for something that they believe in. Mm. Um, so it's a little it's a little change of the way you handle stuff and how you approach a situation ah i see okay that's excellent so like, you can be a warrior everywhere in the world and you do that for you and a hero is more you're gonna save something or you want to be perceived as a savior and it's it's not so much as actually doing it for you as a strength goal yeah it's straight up altruistic behavior yeah. where you're looking to, to and, and, and that it, it's kind of rare right i mean because usually like people if they want to help people sometimes they're still kind of doing it for selfish reasons sometimes like it makes them feel good or whatever but yeah. this is like it has nothing to do with that this is truly stepping out and helping somebody or, or a group of people in the sure, most yeah you see like uh, i don't know a child falling somewhere and you run after it and cars are pushed aside and you're kind of save the kid or something like superman basically yeah yeah right <laughs> superman was the ultimate hero that's right yeah for sure yeah and you can be that in so many shape ways or forms and um i think and this is something 
that I personally believe that the archetypes are something that are set. So you have the archetype of a mother or a father, or the hero, the warrior. But I think once you let those things um, reveal inside of yourself, it can maybe throughout life change a little bit of a form. So for maybe in the beginning, you feel the warrior and you feel like, okay, I'm going to do the maze. I'm going to be strong and I'm going to fight for something. But maybe you're actual war will, will change throughout life and you will go on the battlefield of your emotions or your mind instead of just your body so that maybe it can shift into something more a spiritual thing i personally believe but strictly uh, carl young archetypes will be just about those roles that everybody has allegedly inside of themselves in the consciousness yeah so that's that's where he cuts it off it doesn't get into spiritual well, actually, he was quite a spiritual guy as far as I have I've written his books. He was more, um, he talked about dreams, analysis and stuff together with Freud. And um, he kind of went a little pseudoscience, kind of. Okay. But um, that's, that's the thing about consciousness. Um, archetypes are based upon the fact that everybody shares the same consciousness. So here in Amsterdam, I could feel the archetype mother, but in New Jersey... Um, your wife could also feel the same the same archetype as a mother, and so we're kind of connected by yeah. the consciousness that is everywhere in the in the world. So it's definitely right. right. though more above psychology that goes into pseudoscience. That's really interesting stuff. Yeah, same thing for like say veterans, right? veterans of of the military. They they don't have yeah. to uh, talk to each other, but they know th they're all out there and they all have that same. Exactly. Mindset. They understand the connection is because they have this, this shared without saying anything, just by contact or energy, yeah. you're on the same level. And that's an archetypal feeling. That's that's a huge thing. Like you mentioned earlier about connecting people and everybody like, you know, like you, you, you kind of like joked about yourself like, oh, it's all hippie stuff. But this is like how you could connect the human race through these archetypes. This is really cool stuff. I, I love yeah. that. Um, do you, um, get into that with your clients at all? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like everybody is a unique person, so it depends on what kind of conversation, but, um, it's really about by getting to know yourself, you get the world so much better. Like that's, I understand myself so, but so much better when I started doing the self work, but if I did, I learned so much more about other people and my love grew for everyone and yeah. people it's not because i i'm so good at reading other people no i can only read the things that i can perceive because if you for example if you've never been in love you cannot understand another person that's talking about being in love you first have to experience it yourself so mm -hmm. do the self-work get to know yourself and therefore you will recognize things in other people and they will kind of feel feel seen feel recognized and you will Build something that's even bigger outside of the two of you. And it's 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 magic. It's really like magic. One and one becomes three suddenly. Yes, yes. And and the journey down the road continues and all the yeah. surprises come your way and everything. Tanya, uh, you're doing some awesome stuff. And um, the world needs people like you to get us in touch with our feminine side <laughs> and and understand certain things and um, you're very smart. I, I, you know, I could see, you know, you as a psychologist and everything. So, um, yeah. you're 
you got a lot of great stuff ahead of you. And I think people should definitely um, tune in to what you're doing. Even if, even if you're not in Amsterdam, you know, I follow you on Instagram and um, you, you always have like really good stuff um, that you mentioned. Yeah. So, you know, people, I encourage people to jump on your Instagram. It's in at inner health expert. And um, if you, I guess if you're in Amsterdam, go just go talk to Thania and, and, you know, Maybe yeah. become a client. Come meet me in my workshop. Yeah, come on. Yeah, so <laughs> and it's give us international as well. Say again. So we're going to do all the courses now in English, and uh, we're going to shoot some videos. And because of the COVID situation, it's going to be master classes online and in English. So throughout the world, I can spread the knowledge of of mindfulness. And have, where is that going to be on Facebook, or is it going to be on a website? Where is that going to be? It's going to be on the website, yeah, for sure. If you follow me on Instagram, you will you will see it. Um, we, we are building the website as we speak. We just got in the new logo and everything. It's going to be House of Inner Health. House of Inner Health. And what is the date of the opening of the actual place? 14th of February. Ah, on valentine's day valentine's we're gonna self-love yeah like we're totally going on that marketing side but it's on the day of love you can find self-love hopefully yes i love it yeah. See, I'm, I'm already loving it <laughs> See, you can already feel the love yeah <laughs> nice and uh do you have a dot com picked out yet do you do you yeah. have one you want to yeah. say yeah just uh yeah www.houseofinnerhealth.com that's it Houseofinnerhealth.com. Okay. And people can contact you at your Instagram? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And um, what else? And you, and you have workshops. Uh, how often do you have workshops? Um, every Monday I give them and the rest is just through Zoom. And um, now we're going to switch because I'm going to do the fully thing for the House of Inner Health. So it's going to be online once you buy the course. It's going to be master classes and workshops. Hopefully, we'll have to see how the COVID things is going to be during the year. But I hope I'm going to be able to give retreats also in Portugal somewhere this year. So weekend getaways, retreats, yeah. come join me and my lady. And then we're going to do yoga, mindfulness. But for now, it's just women's only. And maybe, maybe in the future, guys are invited. But we'll see how life goes. Uh, you know what? I, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. If you got to keep guys out for now. Keep them, keep us out. We're knuckleheads. <laughs> We're knuckleheads. We break stuff. We, <laughs> yeah. you can't, be you can't, we can't get it right. Let the, let the women figure it out first. And that, I'm telling you, back in the days of the Vikings, right? The women were like pretty much equal. They fought on the battlefield and everything. And to me, I think that, you know, the guys were just like, training they were like just training and not thinking about nothing like their plan was we're just gonna go kill everybody we're just gonna go smash and the women were like all right let them do that I, over I, here I, and we're gonna come up with our own plan over here yeah. and then let's <laughs> try to strategize yeah oh no, right? it's, it's a, the, the reason why we're now um just focusing on women because we're talking about expertise we're women so let's bring out a message and one of the things that are is really the topic because we're focusing on sensuality and that's, that's the thing that I feel like women should, I hope women give themselves the gift of embracing sensuality because it's such a topic that we should discuss more. It's about what is being feminine to, to you and how sometimes I, I always love to wear red lipstick and some, some women, they feel really 
put off by it or like no you cannot wear that or some women feel like you have to wear it to, in order to be a woman and I think people should claim back that power just feel good in your body love yourself explore your body you only this is this is your vessel you have to work with it and find find that connection through dance through yoga to mindfulness learn to use your body learn to listen to it do give yourself self-love self-care and be central just now play with life i wanted to say play with yourself but also <laughs> but you have to like embrace every every aspect of you and that's something that i think for now is the the pull that i feel to guide women <laughs> to, to find their own sensuality all right, all right. I, now i know why guys aren't allowed now <laughs> <you know? laughs> Well, actually, this is a funny thing because um, I don't know how big you guys are in America, but um, I'm actually giving masturbation masterclasses for women. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because That's in the future. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I want to make like a hundred jokes, but I'm not gonna, because I, <laughs> from what I understand, that's a, a, a tough thing for women. Sometimes there's, they have yeah. this maybe a psychological hang up or something. Maybe it's there like, the, yeah. The religion. It's mental. It's and, really mental. And, yeah. And some women can't even like have like a real orgasm and, you know, with, with their, with their lover. And so like it, masturbation is a great way to actually learn how to have an orgasm first of all. And it's, then, and then they can bring that. Yeah. Like uh, your orgasm is your responsibility. It's as simple as that. Because <laughs> if you don't know what you like, how the hell you can expect your partner to figure that out? You have to have clear communication, but you know, self-love in so many ways, you know, yeah. so important. I, I, I love that. I, I think that's going to be the, the title for this podcast. Your orgasm is your responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I should make like t-shirts out of it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's your responsibility. Yeah. Claim back your power. Own it. <laughs> I have to be responsible for so much stuff. Now that's my responsibility. Jeez. Well, it's a fun thing to be responsible for. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Donnie, th this was great. I, 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 you know, again, very enlightening. You, um, you educated me on, on some, on some stuff here. And um, I think you what, what you shared is, is going to be helpful to everybody else that listened in. So um yeah, thank you, you so much for having me. Like, even though like I practiced till my like what four to five times, but thank you yeah. so much for listening. Yeah, you yeah. know, just on that note, it, it goes back to what we were just talking about. You know, somehow we started following each other on 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 Instagram, and it yeah. might have something to do with a steel mace, but there's something bigger. There's something behind the mace. You exactly. know, there's something behind it, and who cares about that at the end of the day? Because it's an experience, it's a human experience. Yeah, right. I, I would have never have gotten to know you, never would have had you on a podcast. And you know, this is the way life works, it's a journey, you know. So, exactly, we have to enjoy it every yes. bit. Yes, so thank you for coming on yeah. here, and you're always welcome back. Um, you know, good luck with your with your endeavors, with your business and everything, we're going to be watching and, and I'm sure yeah, you're going to... you have to be on my podcast too, talking about the warrior that resides in every man. Yeah. Hit me up yeah. and I'll be right there. I'll be right in cool. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, Donia. Thank you. And thank you everybody for listening in. And uh, now a word from our sponsors. All right. <laughs> yeah.